know that they're valuable. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 13 and 9. Everybody say, I'm ready. Now, I, I talked about this subject whenever we were outside in a parking lot service, and uh, you could barely hear me, and I didn't know what was going on because you were in cars, and uh, the Lord dealt with me so strongly, and I felt like I didn't do it justice. I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't good enough, and the Lord brought me back to it, and I prayed about it, went through it all again, but I'm going to talk about that same subject, that idea that we did while you could barely hear me on the radio stations and everything was, was windy and difficult. Our Facebook Live didn't really work that day, so we're going to revisit today and we're going to do it justice today. And I believe God's going to give you guys a chance to actually pray after that message and not just honk your horns and leave. Uh, so I'm thankful you don't have any horns to honk and uh, that, that's going to make it a little bit easier. So here we go. Everybody say, I'm ready. First Corinthians chapter... 13, verse number 9 is where we're going to start. If you've got your Bible, if not, you can probably look behind me here. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Everybody say maturity. For now we see in a mirror or a glass, as the King James Version says it, it's dimly, but then when the perfect one comes, we'll see him face to face. Right now, we do not have the Lord face to face. It's very important you understand that. Right now, we are not as close as we will be. So no matter how much you pray and fast and study your word, there's still a glass between us. Don't get frustrated. Don't wonder, that, don't wonder about God and how confusing he is. He's not confusing. He's behind a glass. And that glass is not as clear as face to face. But one day, the promise is, we'll be able to see him face to face. So we know that this promise is that we see through a glass darkly, as the King James says. But then when the perfect one comes, when he comes... When he comes, we're going to be able to see him, shall know him, the Bible says, as we are even known. We will know him, watch this, like he knows us. We're going to know all about him like he knows all about us. I can't wait for the day that I will get to know everything that I've been wanting to know about God. Some of y'all are, are having these thoughts of what's God up to. If you'll hang in there, one of these days, you're going to know everything God is up to. Everything God was up to. Everything God did. And so, Revelation 21, let's go there. The Lord is good to us. Revelation 21 and 4, one of the most exciting scriptures. Some of y'all can't wait because you cried this week. How many of y'all cried this week? You want to testify? You want to be real? You want to be fake? How many of y'all had some tears this week? Raise your hand. Look across this place. Thank you for being honest. Listen to this. Revelation 21 and 4. And God will wipe away. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. No more death, no more sorrow, nor crying is going to be in heaven. There shall be no more pain. Anybody glad about that? For the former things have passed away. Are, are you excited about the fact that one of these days, our Lord, our Savior, is going to wipe away our tears? And we will no longer from that wiping, that wipe, cry again. One move, one swipe of the hand, and we'll never ever have to cry or have sorrow again. The question I have, yeah, it's exciting. The question I have been having is, what are you going to use to make sure I never cry again? And I believe the Lord has spoken to me and said that eyes wiped with understanding. That you'll never cry because you won't see things the same. Why do you cry? You cry because you see things as sorrow, as bad. But one day when we see him face to face, we will not look back and see problems. But we'll see a God that worked in the mysterious 
We'll see a God that used all things for good. We'll see a God that was blessing and we couldn't find them or track them. We'll know why our family died too early. We'll learn why the towers fell. We'll learn every reason for corona that's caused us to cry. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. One of these days when we get there, he's going to wipe away every tear. And I think the reason is because we will see him. We will understand all things. And we'll no longer have a reason to shed a tear. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today as we go to the subject of eyes wiped with understanding. Right now you use Kleenex, but one day in heaven you're going to use understanding. Adam and Eve could not see, couldn't even see God when they were in paradise, the Bible says. They could only hear him moving like a wind and hear him speak. It's Adam and Eve in the beginning. They were living in paradise because there were no barriers between them and their God. There was no veil. There was no glass. It was just walking in the cool of the day with the Lord. It sounds so amazing and so good. It was, it was a beautiful time between humanity and God, but they could not see him. And after their choice to be selfish, you know the story, they rejected God's singular law of not eating this one, one fruit, this forbidden fruit, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't, touch, don't eat this thing. Don't take this and eat it. And after they disregarded God's law, they were removed from this special paradise. Angelic warrior stood with a flaming sword that Aspen loves that part about the story. An angel with a, a fiery sword stood there and guarded to make sure that nobody could ever go back to that place. For the Garden of Eden was more than a physical location. It was something symbolic and spiritual. From the moment of our selfishness and choosing our way, we chose to step out of that paradise. After that fiery sword kept swinging and keeping man out, God would then turn later in the Old Testament to use a veil between us. And only the obedient high priest in the, under the law in the Old Testament would be able to go past that veil, enter into that holy, holiest place. And they began to alone meet with God, almost just like Adam did when he walked with God in the garden. How amazing it would have been to be that, that high priest, to be able to go behind the veil and be there with the very presence of God. There could be nothing like that. But only he, the high priest, would be able to go behind that veil. Everybody else, there's a veil between you and your God. You got to worship him, you got to love him, but you can't even get to him. And this is the flaw. This is the incompletion of that Old Testament. Separating man and God would be a massive thick curtain. Literally, a massive thick curtain. The very first blackout blind. Nothing gets through. It's meant to, to say, stay out. It's meant to say, no access. It's meant to say, I am holy and you are unholy. This is, in a nutshell, the story of the Old Testament. It was a symbol of man's inability to access their God. You know, at Easter time, we, we explain about this massive barrier that Jesus ripped in two at the cross. When he gave up the ghost on the cross, the Bible says that the veil in that temple was torn from top to bottom. Not bottom to top because it was impossible for man to break the barrier. Only God could break open that veil and give us access again. And as Jesus' body was being broken at the cross, the Bible says that that veil that said stay out, that said stay away, that said you don't need to come any closer, that veil was torn in two, and now everybody, because of the cross, has access to get to God. Amen. 
Is anybody glad today that if you wanted to, you could see him? If you wanted to, you could get to him. That now no matter your color or where you come from, whether you're Jew or whether you're Greek, if you want to get to him, he tore the veil. He called himself the door. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And now because of me, you can get to the Father. I'm so glad I can get to him because of him. And it has nothing to do with me. I'm justified. That's a, that's a fancy uh, theological word. Justified means God gives you access because of his goodness. Not because of your goodness. Justified. We're going to talk about that at Great Steps, talk about holiness. But, but before you even get down to sanctification, you got to talk about justification. Because you cannot enter into the holy place uh, before he gives you the right to. So at the cross, he takes our shame. He takes our sin. And we're not holy yet, but we have access. See, a lot of folks think they're holy because they're justified. But you're not holy when you're justified. Justification is access to sanctification. You can't, you can't even get on that highway until the gate opens. Justification is access to the highway of holiness. And what happens here in the veil is everybody in the entire world has the option because of Jesus, because of the blood that was shed, because he took our place, because he was our substitute. Now everybody can go there. What's sad is that they don't. That's the sad part. And we're trying to make the door different to get people to come in. But it's open, y'all. You, you can't get frustrated with God because people won't go through. You can't make God any better than he already is. When that veil was torn, we now have access. Everybody say access. And from that moment, humanity could finally, oh, thank God, could finally come close to God if they wanted to repent and change their selfish ways and obey God again. You see, it wouldn't make any sense to go through the door and not change. Because to go through the door is to submit yourself to the new way that you're going. And that's why if you don't repent, you can't really get through the door. You have to change. You have to say, I'm willing to go that way and not this way to turn from my way. Remember, it's a door which is signifying a new place, a new level, a new direction. You're going through a door. You're going to a new world, a new, a new life. And that's why you must repent. And so with the door open, you can repent and you can change your selfish desire and say, I want you and I want your salvation and I want to go through the door and I want to get back to the place that we lost with Adam and Eve. I want to try again. And that's what happened. There's only one problem. Humanity would trade the veil for a glass. We're not in heaven yet, y'all. We may have access to his presence, but we're not in heaven yet. Please hear me today. You, you don't understand everything just because you got through the veil. There's still some mysteries to this thing. Do not be frustrated whenever you get past the veil and you still have questions. Because I have gotten, I have gone deep into that place with the Spirit and I have left that place with questions about God. Sometimes I have more questions now than I had before. Anybody ever got deeper into church and things just got a little bit more confusing? <laughs> you know, it's simple when you first start out with God because you're like, well, he's Jesus, he loves me. But then you get into his presence and you're like, oh, there's an angel. Oh, whoa, that, the devil is real. Oh, and you start to feel and see and you've got questions and you open your Bible and you see and you get deep and you study and all of a sudden you're like, God, I don't even understand. I, I, I know you're real, I'm in your presence, but I've got questions, God, because when you get through the veil, it, you're not in heaven yet. There's still a glass between you. Yeah. It, it's not as clear as you want it to be, but it's enough, and it's better. Everybody say it's better. The glass is better than the veil. The glass is better than what it was. It's not best, not until you walk on those streets of gold, not until you see them face to face. One of these days, it'll be the best. Let me tell somebody right now, you haven't had your best life. The book, whoever wrote it, Your Best Life Now, is a lie. I don't know if it's Joel's thing, one of them cool guys out there that preaches, but one of them guys said your best life now. This is not your best life now. Your best life is when you see him face to face. 
Don't you ever forget it. I'm not living for this world or this time. I'm living for that day. When I see him face to face, it will be worth it all. We trade a curtain for a glass and we can, we can finally see God. Wow, that's exciting news. We can see Jesus. This is where I kind of lose people sometimes. Well, some people in the world, especially if you live in Austin, are like, well, show him to me then. Atheist folks, you got friends that are like, show, show him to me. You got some friends that are under 30. You're like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He's real. They're like, where's he at? They're like, he's in my heart. Mm. <laughs> well, we... What do you say to someone who's like, show me Jesus if he's real. Where's he at? Come down right now and, and, and look at me. That's the, that's the answers you get whenever you try to testify to somebody who wants to fight you about that stuff. They're like, well, show Jesus to me. So people think that I'm crazy when I say, oh, I, I can see him. Yeah. But where's he at? So we deal with this a lot, and I want to deal with it a little bit today because some, some of y'all got some friends and family that are sitting there looking at you like, oh, you can see him? Okay, crazy. Where's he at? <laughs> They're like, if he's real, show him to me. But you got to hold on a second. I, I never said that I can reveal him to you. I said I can see him. There's a massive difference in me being able to reveal him and me being able to see him. Yeah. You see, my testimony can make you want to go to Jesus, but only your faith can get you to him. My story can make you want it, uh, but it can't make you see him. You've got to see with your own faith. You've got to believe the word. You've got to have faith, and then it will produce vision. Faith is what you have to have to see him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I cannot make you see him, but if you really want to see him on this Sunday, you can see him. Just believe me when I tell you he's real. He's visible. You can search him and find him, and if you believe me before this service is over, you can see him for yourself. Jesus is not shown. Jesus is known. You don't show, you don't show them, you know them. Can't show Jesus. In fact, the only way I can show Jesus is, is to spend time around people. The only time I can show my friends Jesus is to hang out with them. Because the same God that created everything is living inside of me right now. Y'all here listening to me? Everybody over here? Good, 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 good. The world will never know him if you're not around him. The world will never know him if you're not around him. And that's why you can't just go to church. You've got to be a Christian. Because people don't want to believe in the church. They'll believe in us when they believe in him. But we're trying to get them to be convinced of us before they even are convinced of him. They need to be convinced of him first, and then they'll be convinced of all of us. You've got to be a Christian so that you can show Jesus. To the world. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus, don't be confused when I tell you no man can see or enter in the kingdom of God unless he's born again of the water and of the spirit. And here, here's the point. I, I can't show you the king, but I can, I can give you a key to it. I can help you get there. If you want to see what I see, you've got to go where I go. Lord spoke to me about our elders and said, the reason why the generations don't connect on what they see is because of the distance they've climbed. You can see a lot further when you go higher. And the reason why young men argue with their elders is because they refuse to pray and fast as much as their elder did to see what their elders saw. And the reason why the younger is always fighting the older is because the younger is lower on the mountain saying, but I don't see it your way. Y'all hearing me? You've got to climb like him to see like him. You've got to go where he went to, to see what he sees. And until you're ready to climb, then stop talking about what you're seeing. I got friends out there like, I don't see what you see because you don't climb like I climb, my friend. You don't pray like I pray. You don't study like I study. You don't climb. You don't see it the right way. So Jesus said, until you can see it, Nicodemus, you've got to be it. 
you've got to go ahead and be born again of the water and the Spirit, and then you enter in. You can see clearly, and your friends and your family need to believe enough to get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost because once you're born again, you're a new creation, and you can see the kingdom now. You can see what you couldn't see before. Lord, help us. If you want to see the king, you have to get into the kingdom. So as excited as we are to see Jesus, and we are, we want to see him. We're so thankful the veil is torn. We're so thankful that we get to see him. We have to confess something today in this service. It's not always easy to see through the glass. The glass is blurry, the Bible says. It's a a glass darkly, the Bible says. That's uh, King James talk for tinted windows. (laughs) Hey, man, did you get my chariot uh, darkly the other day? Get my windows, you know. Anybody got my glass darkly the other day? You know? Somebody got Oakleys, they had glass darklies. It's getting bright out here. Where are my glass darklies at? Um, glass darkly means I can see, but I, I really can't see all I want to see. Anybody else like this? Oh, there's Jesus, but what is he doing? Or you're praying, you're like, oh, Lord, you're so good. Oh, I hear you, but what are you, what? Like you see, but you don't see everything. And it can make us frustrated, make us want to quit and give up, but you just have to understand what Paul is saying here is that it's okay because it's better than the veil, but it's going to be better when we see him face to face. So here's, here's how I see it. We get enough through the glass to at least be able to get us to his face. Everything that you can see through the glass, whether it may not seem like enough, is all you really need to see. Because I don't think we're ready to really see him face to face right now. I think in this flesh, in this life, I think we get to see everything we need to see because it might blow us up if we saw it all. So Paul is saying, you know what? It's not that easy to see everything. And even though I can feel his presence, and thank God today I felt his presence, it's not that easy. Even though I can hear his voice, it's not that easy to understand. Sometimes I have trouble really making out what God is up to. I get confused sometimes. You know, there's some men of God that that would disagree with me probably. They would say that they know everything, but I have to admit like Paul, I don't know everything. There are some maybe preachers out there that they would never want to confess publicly that they don't know at all. But I think I'd have to side with the apostle and say that I don't understand everything. So please give your pastor a break. Because I'm not trying to be your king. I can't carry all that. But there are men that think they know it all, and then they have to act like they know it all. I don't want to ever step up on that plate. I want to step up on that stage. Paul is saying there's some things we will never know until we get there. So here's the key. you got to get there. That makes me want to get there more. That makes me want to go to heaven every more because I know that when I get there, I'll understand everything that's just bothering me so much. Nothing frustrates me like not knowing what God's up to. But if he said, if I just get to heaven, I would see it all. I would know it all. It would be so clear one day if I could just get to heaven. I want to go to heaven so bad because I want to see what God was doing. There's a lot of times that, that I know Jesus is up to something. I can feel him. I can hear him. But honestly, it's like a strange sensation. And that's because the Greek word for darkly is actually the word enigma which you've heard that before. It means a person or thing that is mysterious, puzzling, difficult to understand. Not impossible, difficult. You know, the reason why our glass is dark is because we need to pray and actually put in some information. Yes, Lord, you're right. That's why your relationship with your husband and wife is a little bit difficult because you're not the same. And you've got to put work into your... You don't love them if you're not willing to look through the glass darkly and try to figure some stuff out. God, I want it to all be so clear. Why? So you don't have to work hard? God wants you to figure him out because love figures things out. Love works through the problems. Love tries to fix the puzzle. Love doesn't make it easy. Love says it doesn't matter how tough I'm going to work through this. I think the glass darkly has a purpose to see if you truly love them or not. To see if you want to study your Bible and pray to your God. Y'all, I don't know about y'all. I love a good mystery. My kids love a mystery. I, I make up stories. I don't know when I started doing this, 
But, but one day, one night, they were like, make up a story. And I didn't want to just tell a dumb story about a princess and a knight or something they always hear. I wanted to, I wanted to create a mystery. And so I began to just totally lie to them. <laughs> For 30 minutes, I would just lie. And I would just say, okay, there was this guy, and he did this. And I created in my mind, I, don't, I guess it just worked for me. Maybe just I'm wired this way. I built a mystery on the fly because I would kind of see how the mystery would end. And, man, they love these stories, and they begged me for so long, and I wish I never would have done it because now they beg me all the time. And these are work, y'all. Like, I'm working so hard creatively trying to build a mystery in my mind. And we love mysteries. My wife and I love it when we travel. We love to go to new places and, and, and see new things. And we just, we love mysteries because there's something about a mystery that just begs investigation. Do you want to investigate him? Do you love him enough to invest? Do you love God enough to investigate him? Do you love God enough to pray and seek and ask questions? It's not going to be easy, but I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Glass is not quite clear, y'all. It gets distorted sometimes. Has a glare sometimes, glass does. My glasses are always dirty. I can't get them clean. The very thing I use to clean my glasses is oily. It is impossible to keep my glasses clean. So while they help me, there's still some blurriness to them. Yeah. It's hard enough to to see through this mysterious glass without making it even harder. But believe it or not, there are people that they not only are trying to look through the glass darkly that we know is already a little bit blurry, there are people that have dirty glass. Musicians. No, I'm just kidding. And the the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, there are people that they blame God for everything because it's already tough enough. They don't read their Bibles and they don't pray, but they live a carnal lifestyle. And they not only have blurry glass, they have dirty blurry glass. And that's why if you continue to live in your sin and live according to the flesh, uh, your glass gets even more unclear than it was already. Y'all, I can't afford to have my glass any more blurry than it already is. (laughs) Even on my best day serving God, it's still questions I have. I can't imagine what some of you are going through right now because you never will choose to be spiritual and you live carnal all the time, obeying your flesh all the time, and then you want to say stuff like this, I just don't understand God. Just don't understand. I just don't understand. You're, just, you're throwing mud on your, on your glasses. But yet you're, you're sitting here going, I just wish I could understand God. No, you don't. If you want to see clearly, clean your You never try to change anything in your life. You never get rid of anything. All that sin, all that selfish carnality. You think this is just about sin and heaven and hell. This is about seeing him. He said, I'm the way, but you can't see because your glass is dirty. Who am I talking to right now that you say there's not a really a great God. He's not that great. It's, it's really he is great, but you just have dirty glass. Don't you tell me about a God that's not great. My glass is clean. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen more than you have. I'm telling you it's worth it to clean your glass. Ask somebody who lives a holy life if he's not beautiful. Oh, what does the word say? Holiness is beauty. Holiness is beauty. Cleaning your glass helps you see the thing that is already pretty as pretty. But because you refuse to live holy, you can't see the beauty. Oh, it's just rules and regulation in that church. You have to do these things. No, I don't. Have you seen him? You haven't seen him like I've seen him. That's the problem. You see, you don't like doing it because your glass is so dirty and you're always confused about him. And that's why you're angry all the time when we tell you that we ought to live a certain way. But if you could ever see him, you would understand why we do what we do, why we act like we act. He is beautiful. He is worthy. He is worthy of everything we give and sacrifice. He's worthy. Ooh, dirty glass. 
They need to preach to somebody that you were born again, but you're angry all the time. It's not Jesus, it's your glass. It's your glass. Get you some Holy Ghost Windex out. Yeah. Born again is your new direction, but listen to me. Getting the dirt off is your progression. You've got to work from the first moment you come out of that spiritual womb and you've got to get all the dirt off that you've accumulated on the journey of your life. You've got to start cleaning so that you can see him. The reason why you want to quit church after three weeks is because you don't want to clean your glass. Let me tell you another reason why some of y'all don't want to clean your glass. Because you see more of yourself in your glass. Oh, man, y'all feel that? Oh, uh. <laughs> oh. See, some, some of y'all don't want to clean glass because the Bible uses another word. It uses like a mirror. Because you can see through glass, but you can also see yourself in And the reason why some of you have a hard time seeing him because all you see is yourself. You see your flaws. You see your mistakes. You see what's wrong with you. And you don't want to clean your glass because the shinier it gets, the more you see the truth about yourself. Thank you. I will. See, she's got glass darklies on. Sister. She knows what I'm talking about today. Your, your glass doesn't have to be clear for it to be clean. Why don't you fast some and get, those, get that glass cleaned up a little bit? Why don't you pray every day and get that, that glass cleaned up some? Why don't you dust off your Bible and clean that glass a little bit? It's already, it's already a little bit mysterious, guys. I want to be holy because it's already a little bit tough to get. i got to see everything I can see. If I can get this thing a little cleaner, I might see my God a little better. I want to know Him. I want to see Him. I don't want to walk around confused all the time with my glass that's so blurry, wondering what God's up to. It's hard enough living in sin. Stop it. Live a holy life. Clean up your life. Please, God, so that you can see a little bit more clear. Talking to somebody right now that only has memories of Jesus that you used to watch through the glass. And if you thought it was hard to understand where you were righteous or when you were righteous, you will surely be confused when you are unrighteous. You had a hard time when you were, yeah, you're really going to have a hard time now that you're unrighteous. You're not going to be able to see. Oh, my. But to be careful, calling your God way too mysterious when your glass has been stained with your own fingerprints. God, I just can't understand you because I just won't, I won't live according to your way and my glass is dirty and I just want to blame you for everything. I tried, God. No, you didn't. Not until you clean your glass. You don't know what you're trying. You can't judge a God you can't see. Enough of all this prejudgment. We do it all the time. You don't know anything about that person. You judge them. We do the same thing to God. You don't read your Bible, but you can tell the preacher he's not real. No, you can't. Listen to me. I've spent a long time trying to clean my glass. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Some of y'all that are younger need to go find an elder who spent their whole life trying to get that glass clean and ask them, what'd you see when you got it cleaner? Why don't you ask someone that lives a life that they give it all to God and see how good God is to them. Why don't you go off their testimony, go off their vision, go off their perspective, hear their word. And maybe it'll make you want to clean up your life. I want to see Jesus. Hmm. Lord, help us today. That's the primary goal. I'm about to close. The primary goal of the glass is to see Jesus, but there will be times there'll just be this gap between where we are and where he is. Oh, God, I can never be like you. I know you felt that way before. I know you've looked in the mirror. I know you've cleaned up and you said, how could I ever be like you? Look at me. 
and it's discouraged you. But listen to me today. The Holy Ghost wants me to tell you, no matter how bad you look or how ugly you look or dirty your life is, when you look in the mirror, listen, he's only one glass away. (laughs) He's not a curtain. It's not thick. It's thin. The only thing separating us from him is a thin piece of glass. And so while it might look like you're nothing like him, you are closer than you realize. He is just one glass away. In our text, the Apostle Paul saying, right now we are limited in what we know. We know in part. We only we prophesy in part. Even our prophecies are not 100%. They're not everything. Our prophecies are just barely scratching the surface of the truth of who God is. Think about it. As great as our prophecies are, it's nothing compared to what we're going to see when we see them face to face. It's just one little scratch of prophecy revealing the bigness, the greatness of a God. Verse 10 says, but then that which is perfect has come when Jesus comes then that which is in part shall be done away with. There'll be no more mystery when we see him. There'll be no more questions of partial truth when we see him. We will know everything when Jesus comes to take us to heaven. Verse 11, he says, it's a maturity thing. I'm going to arrive to a place of maturity, no longer a child, but I'm going to grow up and put away the childish or the confusing things, the ignorant things. I'm going to have full knowledge whenever I grow. And then in verse 12, he says, for now we see through a glass darkly. It's tinted. It's hard to make it all out, but I can see enough to know it is him. It's just not always clear what he's up to. And one of these days when we see him, I shall know, even as I am known. Which means that we are going to know everything about him like he knows about us. One of these days, very soon, very soon. Somebody say very soon. Jesus is coming back very soon. And these days you can die lots of ways. And it not even be your time yet. The Lord's trying to shake us. Very soon, we will no longer see Jesus through the glass, but we'll be walking on the streets of gold, and we will see him face to face. And we will know as much about him as he knows about us. Because listen, there's no glass in heaven. There's gold, but no, no glass. There's no barrier in heaven. Nothing going to be confusing in heaven. You're going to know everything you've ever wanted to know. You'll no longer have to wonder about the puzzle of life. Because when we see him face to face, we will know everything clearly. The Bible says we're going to worship forever. Some of you wonder what we're going to do there and if you'll get bored. But I don't think we're going to get bored. Because I think that this is what's going to happen forever. We're going to be searching the knowledge of all the new things we've learned for eternity. And we will see every single thing that happened in our life and why it happened. You know what brings tears to your eyes? The pain, the events, the abuse. Things out of your control that you wish would have never happened, and it makes you cry. But I believe the reason why there'll be no tears in heaven is because the Lord, our God, when we see him face to face, will take understanding. And he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. And in that moment, we'll understand every single thing that happened. I believe we will worship him because we will look back one day and see all the times we couldn't understand or see him blessing when he was there in the battle all along. He was working and we never knew it. One day we'll look back at those who have died from cancer and we thought it was way too soon and the Lord will help us see why it had to be. I believe that one day the grieving patience will see everything clearly. When the glass is gone, I believe the I was older and single crowd will see clearly why you never got married until you were 45. All the things you wish Jesus would tell you now, you're going to know one day. And I think it's going to make you shout. 
Because you're going to say, Lord, you kept me. You're going to say, Lord, you protected me. You're going to say, God, I now know I couldn't have handled it. I now know they were the wrong one. I now know that if the cancer hadn't killed me, I may not have stayed in church. How many cancer patients are going to be shouting across the street? Because they're going to know why they got it. Because every time something bad happens to you, you say this, why God? You know why heaven's going to be so good? Because you're going to get every answer you've ever asked. Every time you didn't know why you were going through it in heaven, you're going to know everything. It's going to make you want to shout because God does all things good. He's a good father. And when you get there one day, you'll have every question answered as to what God was up to. That whole pain in my body group that's in the church, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, we'd have a lot of hands go up. One of these days, you're going to be like, oh, I understand now why God let me carry that pain all those years. It kept me praying. It kept me fasting. It kept me going to church. It helped me realize that drugs didn't work and people couldn't fix me. If it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have made it. I believe everybody that was ever hurt and offended, we're going to see why. That's what I believe. I believe I'm going to be literally shouting, being like, thank God for so-and-so. Woo! Thank God for so-and-so. Thank you, Lord, for not stopping that guy. Thank you, Lord, for letting my uncle. May have never gotten church if it hadn't been. Right now you cry. You won't one day. <laughs> right now you cry because you don't know what God's up to. But one of these days when you see him, You'll shout, and you won't stop, because you'll see that God was good, and God was there. You know what I can't wait to see? I can't wait to see the times I wasn't serving him, but he was still working for me. I can't wait to see the times that I was acting a fool, and God had an angel follow me everywhere I went. I can't wait to see the times when I was like, God, I don't want you. Get away from me. And he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I can't wait. I can't wait for the time to see the truth. Help me, Lord. There's going to come a day where everybody that you love that made you mad because they told you stuff you didn't want to hear. You're going to be praising God on streets of gold for them. That God didn't shut their mouth. That God let them make you mad, make you angry. For eternity, you'll be grateful. I believe every young person that thought their parents were too mean, too strict, too tough, is going to shout on those streets of gold. And God's going to show them, and oh, it wasn't, it wasn't too tough. It wasn't too hard. It was to keep you right. It was to teach you truth. It was to make sure you knew who your God was. I believe there's going to be a lot of praise one day when the glass is gone. I believe every member of this church who endured a strong truth-preaching pastor is going to forgive me. I believe God's going to help remind you of every sermon. You tried to run out the back door, but you couldn't. God's going to remind you of every sermon on hell or heaven that stirred your heart and it made your flesh want to get mad and it made you want to change churches or go find an easier place. And I think you're going to praise God because whatever it takes, I've got to go to heaven. We'll look back one day and see every dark moment working for our good, our good when the glass is gone. Yeah. Well, thank him for everything that happened. Can you think of the time it would take to go through every thought you've had? And God say, here's what happened, really. Oh, no, no, I was there. Here. Oh, no, 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 you, I can't wait one day to hear the Lord tell me everything I never knew. Show me everything I wanted about and make it all clear inside my mind. And one day he's going to wipe away every tear with understanding. But listen, folks, you got to get there. Because look, here's what's going to happen. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell. 
If you don't like crying, you need to go ahead and get baptized in Jesus' name today. If you don't like your tears, you need to receive the Holy Ghost. And you need to just go ahead and make your mind up. Hey, Pastor, I'm okay not knowing everything if I can know enough. Because listen, I don't have to know it all to know enough. I know enough about him to love him. I know enough about him to give my life for him. I know enough about him to sacrifice for him. I don't know it all, but I know enough. And I'm not changing. I'm not going anywhere. The truth is still clear. So, yeah, you're right. You can get me on some things. You can ask me questions I can't answer, but you will never get me out of church. Because while my glass might be blurry, I can still see enough to make sure I give it all to him. Because through my glass, I can see an old rugged cross. I can see a Savior who loves me. I can see blood rolling down his face. I can see him loving me. I might not know everything, but I know enough. I know enough. I know enough. Woo! Is anybody glad that you know enough? Hey. Hold on to what you know and don't worry about what you don't. Because we stress ourselves out over stuff we'll never know until we walk on those streets of gold. Just go ahead and save those questions for heaven. Because if you'll get there, you'll know everything and why it happened. Why you were abused, why you were hurt, why you were treated that way, why they did that to you, why you lost that job. You'll know it all. But you got to get there first, you got to keep going forward. You're going to trust your God in times of confusion. You're going to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust what I know and I don't know. I'm going to stand on what is clear when it's not clear. Thank you for the glass, God. Thank you for access. It's better than a veil. Thank you, God, that I can at least see enough of you to find my way to heaven. Come on, let's stand our feet, lift up our hands right now as the Holy Ghost begins to, to minister to somebody in this house. Oh, God, have mercy on us right now. We just want to see you, Lord. We just want to see you, Lord. We just want to see you, Lord. Oh, yeah, there is. Come on, stretch your hands up in the name of Jesus. Do you want to come down this front right now and give God some praise? If you want to come down here and repent, come down here and turn your heart to God. Oh, yes, sing it Somebody receive the word today. Thank you, Glorious day that will be.
You're the good. one who 